Hi, dog. Well, oh, hey, Karen. It's a new world out there. I mean, not a whole not the new real world. <laughs> you guys, not only I mean, you don't even have to wait for it. She's singing. <laughs> Y'all, didn't Karen, are you hear drinking? That. I know. No, I'm not. I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm trying not to drink during the week. Oh, okay. I I'm binging on the weekend. Healthy decision. And I maybe, know. maybe that should be, someone should watch you over the weekends, but that's not for <laughs> me to say. Um, uh, so yeah, here we are. And it is, uh, I guess it's our, our, our last visit to the block. I know. In a little, pod form. A little sad. A little sad. Yeah. Cause, and we weren't sad two weeks ago cause we were just like ready to be done with it. So yeah. now we can put a little tag on it and reminisce about the good old days. The good old and days. And we kept referring to it. We were like, this sucks. It's not like the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> no. But you know what? I did do. Okay. So I went back and did a rewatch of two episodes. So I like, I had to scroll through Hulu. Oh, not Hulu. Now it's no longer Hulu. It is now Paramount oh, Plus. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah. yeah. So I had to like scroll through the early episodes and be like, did I like that one? And like, look at the descriptions and be like, did I like that one? Did I like that one? And, you know, so even to, to like find the episodes that I wanted to rewatch. So I rewatched two. And which two were they? Um, funny you should ask. I wrote it down and promptly lost the piece of paper. I wrote. Oh, here we go. Oh, excellent. I can, we can guess. Okay. So. Um, season two, episode 24. I, of course, did not oh. write the title down. Um, this is the one where Michael tries to kill Sid on the yep. honeymoon, right? And yep. then season three, episode 20, rescuing Sid from the cult. I had a, I had a feeling you were watching that one. Oh, yes. Because you texted me and quoted yeah. from it. So I had a <laughs> I feeling you were watching it. But I didn't realize you were going to go back and revisit any of them. And I think that's really cool. And it's more than I did. Um, I'm just yeah. going back on a life of memory. But you have a great memory. Like well, I was this, like, at least yeah. I was going through this and I was like, wait, I don't remember that. Wait, what happened? But anyway, it was like really interesting to see like over the course of three seasons, they really plowed through a lot of storylines and boy, did they sleep around. <laughs> Honestly, I think both were the hallmarks of the show. And, um, yeah. But and, also think of how long each season was. I know what thirty something episodes. Yeah, right? they're like thirty two or thirty three episodes a year for five, six, seven years. So here's my question: in terms of like seasons, right? Season one, season. What do you think was the best season? Oh, like hands down, it's season three. Me, yes, I was gonna say. Season I think three. season three. Yeah, we are in total agreement there. Yeah, but I think it's like very quickly followed by season two, which is really because that's when they did the reset, and that's when they really acknowledged. We're full out soap, and we're gonna we're gonna do that. But it's also where they created like the canon. You know, that's how that's when it was like the Michael and the car accident that killed Kimberly, and then bringing Kimberly back, and Sydney sleeping with Jane, and Sydney and Jane fighting over the the wedding dress and landing in the pool. And that's when you know, like Amanda and Jake becoming a couple, and then like Joe being part of the triangle, like. That's when Billy and Allison are finally in the relationship. It's like all the things that I think are like the foundation of the show are really introduced in season two. Right. And that's when Melrose becomes Melrose. So right. that's like a very close second place. But season three is so good and just pushed things so far and didn't stop. Like you'd mentioned all of 
all of the storylines they shoehorned in in a, a small window of time. And it's like, it's incomparable what they did versus what basically any other other television show has tried to do. Can, um, when I was rewatching um, episode season three, episode twenty, and I and Jake was going off with um, with Jane to go find Sid to rescue Sid to rescue Sid, I I could not remember. Did Sid and Jake have a thing, or were they just yeah. friends? And Sid wanted to have a thing. That's what I no, couldn't remember. No, it was a short lived thing, and that's when they were dating in real life. Grant Show and Laura Layton. And okay. Sid and Jake, she was at one point, oh, it was like after she got out of jail because Kimberly framed her for running over Michael. Right. Um, she got like a work release job at Shooters. Right. And then there's one night some guy came in and like was trying to assault Sid and Jake rescued her and they very quickly became a couple. And it really lasted, I think, for like three episodes or something really short. And then she does like there's the the kidnapping in Vegas. Oh and God. and they go and rescue her and then i think it's after <laughs> that is the cult i think the cult hasn't even happened before we get to the kidnapping in vegas, kidnapping like, in vegas it's not like the the, oh, it's I not like one know. bad thing happened to sid a season it was like boom 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 but the kidnapping in vegas was the kidnapping where she looked like she was having a wonderful time yeah where right? it's like <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah oh they shit come, she like she like sneaks away and calls them and they race to rescue her and she's like getting massage and eating caviar and champagne yeah i, I wish i wish i had remembered to rewatch that one like it, that that is my number one favorite episode of the entire series because that was fantastic when she and was not just only like, and remember that's the same episode there's that stuff going on with um with sid and and jake and jane and michael as well yeah but Kimberly that's also, and michael are there too right yeah i think yeah. that I was going to say, is that when Kimberly and Michael elope? No, that's when Kimberly and Michael are having problems because of, like, baby stuff. And that's the same episode where Kimberly induces Joe's labor and kidnaps the son. Um, All in the same episode. And same episode where Amanda's boss, Bruce, hangs himself and Allison finally goes to rehab. Right. And they have like the intervention. All happened in the same forty-four minutes. And that's and Al that's and great the, TV. And then Amanda gets cancer like an episode or two later, right? Like or did she already have it? It's like a little bit later that season. All yeah. right, like, it's, it, she gets cancer right around the time Brooke joins the cast, I think. Because, no, it was earlier because she had cancer, um, and Michael was already helping her in the in mm, the in the call. You're right because Brooke joins. When when Amanda's like, I could really use a friend. I'm going through a lot. Um, and Brooke's got her own game going on. Uh, yeah, and she joins because there's that content, the competition that yeah. Allison ends up winning. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so it was it was like really interesting to scroll through. And, and go, let me oh, ask you, that. having seen all of these final episodes back to back to back, I bet to sit and watch these stories play out again felt a lot less labored right um okay so the cult one definitely did i because i just love that episode and um i everything about it was just a delight including said and but i have to say season two episode 24 when michael is trying to kill sid that one felt like oh i remember liking this better when i watched it the first time but did it feel like as going through the motions 
to check off plot points as it did like once Lexi was introduced. Oh yeah, no, okay. no, it did no, it did not feel like it did not feel like the writers were just marking time. Okay, it de- never never felt that way. I mean, I did watch it and go. I seem to remember this being better the on the first watch, and the rewatch didn't hold up. It didn't hold up as well in the rewatch, but it was nothing like that sort of labored writing that that we were getting, um, the last like two okay. seasons, for sure. Which is that's what I would have hoped. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so Sid gets kidnapped and goes to Vegas and has a wonderful time. That was your favorite favorite episode. Yeah, because of all of the things that were all happening within one episode. Yeah. And it wasn't like, again, wasn't a sweeps episode, wasn't a finale. This was just them carving out another episode. Yeah. You know, so, it wasn't like, and then there was a slow one before and a slow one after. They kept that pace up for that entire season. It's it's incredible to me. Yeah. Th- I, I agree with that. The pacing on that season was amazing. Um, and even, now, when we get into season four, I, I'm just trying to remember... Because I know season three, we we do get introduced to Richard as well with Jane in the finale, right oh, before the, the finale. right before the bombing at the complex. Okay, it's the finale. Because I was going to say because the the other episode that I would have sort of like put on there as like what my top one was was when um Jane and Sydney kill Richard. Really love that one. Oh, interesting. I liked because you know, most people because you hate season four. I hated season and a four, lot of people point to that plot point and that finale as like the like the nadir of the show or sort of like like the beginning of the end a little bit. I I, I mean maybe the full episode, but the storyline of 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 Sid trying to help Jane cover up the murder. Well, that's and that's what I was gonna say too. I was, love. Amazing. That like Sid became the big sister Jane needed yeah. during during those yeah. episodes and after when Jane was continuing to kind of really go astray. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I like what I struck me was for all of the issues between the sisters when they had to when their backs were like really up against it, they were there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And truly, like once Michael was out of the picture with them, they were good to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was like Michael just brought out the worst in the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and there was just something about the dynamic. And, you know, I mean, look, Josie Bissett, love her. She's a beautiful woman. Not the best actor, right? Like, not the best. And I just really felt like when she was in scenes with Laura Layton, she actually was really good. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, I think that the, that for whatever reason, Laura was just able to really yeah. bring something out in Josie. Yeah, and they she were... probably there was probably a degree of comfort because Laura Layton was just so solid. Yeah, to with her. yeah, and you know, so so I think that she sort of like you know rose. Uh, she she was able to make those make those scenes like something. That we just don't see very often with you know Jane's character, right? Like, yeah, just I, I agree. Yeah. Um. So you know, as much as I love Sid and I and every scene that she was in was pretty great, it was like I just feel like the moments with her sister were really kind of awesome. Yeah, I uh, I really do think the same. Yeah. Okay. Well. W- 
what I will miss the most are I won't say like the originals, but like the the people that really helped build the 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 great Melrose cast. So like obviously Marsha Cross, who wasn't original, and Laura Layton, who wasn't original, are a part of that. And Daphne Zuniga, who came in mid first season. Very like good. All, all of them, and I'm always partial to Courtney Thornsmith, who I feel like even if you didn't like Allison or found her too whiny or whatever, well, I mean, I still think Courtney Thornsmith sold more than she didn't. Um, and I, and I think if it wasn't specifically her and Heather Locklear going toe to toe as Allison and Amanda, it would have been a different and perhaps lesser show. Um, and I think I missed all of them once they once they all left, and I missed Grant's show when he was gone. I too. missed Grant's show too because, as we saw with Kyle, you know, you can. There's an art to playing like the hothead jock stud. There's a way to sell it convincingly, and there's a way not to. And I never really had the problem with Grant's show, uh, and and the show just. It didn't help that it was badly written at that point, but it really pushed Rob Estes a lot. Yeah. And and he couldn't really um deliver. To deliver. Well, you know, they I feel like they gave Rob Estes like I don't know, like they they really they especially the last season, right? They really made him the centerpiece they did in fact Uh, they made they typically they gave him what i think is typically the leading lady storylines in the final season of the show i would agree with that yeah yeah so he had a big lift Um, yeah it would have been challenging for any actor to attempt you know, and I'm not just saying that because Rob's easy on the eyes, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm giving mm-hmm. I'm forgiving him because like no, he's not a he's not a terribly good actor. However, you know they did ask him; they were asking a lot of him, and they were not giving him much to work with. No, I mean the writing set him up for failure, and he really didn't know how to dodge because those even rakes they set up for him. Yeah, because even that final season, like I thought Thomas Calabro was floundering. Yeah, I have to think a lot of them were just kind of phoning it in. Yeah, I mean... And also, the thing with Thomas Calabro is the Michael storylines never went anywhere, and, like, they dropped so many of them, because they were so bad and often standalone anyway, that it's like, what is he supposed to be piecing together here? But yeah, yeah. even he didn't have the same kind of magic touch he'd brought for so many seasons before. Interestingly, I did notice on this rewatch, um, the cult episode in particular, they still, even as early as season three and probably earlier, they were still um, kind of leaving storylines hanging. Yeah. Interesting. So like, like, yeah, Jake and, like Jake and uh, the, I guess he wasn't a fixer. What, what was it like? A, uh, a bounty hunter or something? Who? Jake was? Do, no, but he like... Um, joined forces with a bounty hunter there was some like really menacing guy at one point that was dealing with him at shooters and then i think we never saw him again oh yeah was it somebody like he was playing he was like paying rent to or like protection racket money or something i don't remember enough i don't remember either but yeah but so with the with the cult episode if you remember that sort of like one of the last scenes or the next to last scene is sits in her apartment the phone rings oh right yeah. 
It's the um, it's Tracy Lords, right? Tracy Lords calling and basically saying, um, "We got to go out of town, but we're never going to forget you, and we're going to come back, and we're going to like you know, we'll bring you back into the fold or something like that." And it's kind of ominous and threatening. And Sid looks scared, and she walks out of her apartment and goes to like I guess find comfort with her sister. And she peeks in the window and she sees and that's her when having Jake dinner and with Jane. Yeah. having the first flirtation. Yeah, they're having their couple. dinner, right? Yeah. And so she looks completely crushed and and surprised by all that, and. and Anyway, but the cult never comes back. And there no. is a clear threat of we're going to come back and we're yeah. going to find you, right? Now, if and- it were daytime, that would have definitely been a thing where, like, even if it was years later, even if they recast the roles, they brought that in. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a little bit like, oh, a bit off their game because this actually would have been a great thing to bring back for, like, season Maybe four. they were hoping at some point that they could get Tracy Lords back and she said no. I don't know. Yeah, but you don't have to bring Tracy Lords back. You just bring the cult guy back. Well, maybe he said no too. Or you just recast the cult people because God you do. Knows I mean, I get it, it all the time. But, <laughs> but I don't. I think they probably just uh, forgot about it. Which was too bad because that felt like a real missed yeah. opportunity. Because I thought that, you know, was I mean, and like let's face it, it was also like, yeah, Sid would join a cult. Like you're kind of like you could see that. Yeah, yeah, because she was totally lost. Yeah, because she was a hot mess. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, it makes total sense. Sid would join a cult. Why wouldn't she? That was another story I wanted more information on. Um, not the, the cult, but Chris Marchette, who kidnapped her, who was Jane's fiance and took all of the money. Like, where did he come from? How did he find her? What was his MO? They never really explained it. And then he just vanished with the and money into vanishes. thin air. You yeah. know, usually everyone is somehow found, whether they're killed or arrested or whatever. Like, they all get theirs. Each story got closure in that, or most stories got closure in that regard. And he just disappeared. Weirder still, I never really saw that actor again. So, like, he too disappeared into the night. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, I did want to talk a bit about... Yeah. And I, we took a little bit um, at the end of last week, I said, or last episode, but like some of the successes that the actors went on to have post Melrose. Ah, yes. Um, you would kind of know better than me for a lot of them. Yeah. Well, the one, so, I mean, I guess Marsha Cross went on to do Desperate Housewives. Right. A couple Golden Globe nominations and an Emmy nomination, no win. Um, and I feel like th- that was that was kind of like the biggest graduation of anyone, though it did take her like seven years or so between leaving Melrose and that show starting. And the weird thing, not weird maybe, but the fun-ish thing about that show is Doug Savant was also on that show from start to finish. His character this time is straight and is married to Felicity Huffman's character. And yet there's a minimal amount of interaction between those two characters. There's not a lot of fan service throughout Desperate Housewives. Also weird to me is that, um, what's from a call it? Laura Layton marries Doug Savant right yes. towards the end of Melrose Place itself after they both left the show. Still married now, so it's like 25 years. Great for them. Um, and Laura Layton was never brought on as a guest star. For Desperate Again, Housewives. Again, for Desperate Housewives. I mean, do you think, though, it was kind of like they were probably trying to stay awake? Because Def- Desperate Housewives was its own. I yeah, mean, but was, they did uh... do a lot. They did do a lot of cutesy 
kind of stunt casting and other kinds of mini reunions. So I don't know if it was much as they want, the actors wanted to separate themselves from that other identifiable role or not. But after a while, it's like, don't you just want to do the guest spot? And don't you just want to be able to come on and have a storyline with this other person? I mean, they probably don't think about fan service the way writers and fans do, but right, right. But I wanted it, and so that's all uh. I care about. <laughs> um, also, and I never watched these shows, but well, I did watch Ally McBeal. So Courtney Thornsmith leaves after five years of of Melrose, kind of having been pushed out from starting as the show's lead and then eventually being sh- shoehorned over further and further. First, it was Heather Locklear came in. Then they really kept giving all the great stories to to Sid and Kimberly and and even Joe and Jane got more prominent. So she does five five years on Ally McBeal, which became a pretty hot button show immediately upon her joining. Um, or well, she joined, you know, from the beginning. It took off pretty quickly. Um, and then she does like ten years of According to Jim. I I keep forgetting that that was I did that that I was did too because I never watched it and I never watched twelve and a twelve. It was on for twelve years, two and a half men. Um, but she came on in a she long-term recurring role men? as John Cryer's girlfriend for like the last four seasons of the show. So that's like. 14 years of major network sitcom money for her. <laughs> so good for her. Oh my God. Like I actually did not even realize that she was on two and a half men. Like that's kind of, that's a lot. And, and world, like, and world according to Jim ran that long. I think, I think it's like a nine or 10 year show. It was pretty much like the whole of the two thousands. Oh my God. I like, I think maybe I watched it once. If that. I, yeah, I don't know if I ever watched it. That's crazy. But I was happy. But I was happy for her. But I never remembered that she was on the show when it was on. Amazing. So so good for her for that. Also, a sidebar. Do you remember Dead Keith? Yes. He, the actor who is um, um, what's her name? The ex-husband of this is my Alzheimer's, my early Alzheimer's kicking in, um. So what's her name? Nelson, who was her sister, Tracy Nelson. You know how she played. Oh Allison's yeah, yeah, sister? yeah. Played Allison's and her sister, yes. her real life husband at the time was William Moses, who played Keith, the guy who killed himself on the phone with Allison. He was just oh. announced. Um, he's been cast in General Hospital. He's the father of one of the major, uh, characters. So that seems wow. like he'll be on the show for a bit. Wow. So good Damn. for him. Still working. Looks good. Good. Amazing. And let's see who else. I mean, so yes, so Doug Stavant had like a decent post Melrose career with Desperate Housewives. So I don't know what else he's done since then. Um, And as far as I know, that reboot of Dynasty is still on and it's fifth or sixth season. And um, Grand Show has been on that. So he didn't find the superstardom. I think he, he hoped the show might launch for him, but. But what but you mean? Work. You mean Dynasty or or Melrose? You did he? Hope I think no. Show? I think he thought Melrose was really gonna make him a, a major name, and it didn't quite work out that yeah, way. Yeah, it did. Um, but who did? I mean, did it? I mean, apart from you know Courtney Thorne Smith and like, did it? Did it give any? Like, did it launch? No, them? you know. Well, 
it helped. It launched the people a little bit who were nobodies before the show because they went from nobody knowing them to at least people knowing them from Melrose. So Laura Layton, that's true of. And Marsha Cross definitely, I think, benefited a lot from it. And everyone else just kind of got to stay within, like, the the primetime soap lane. Right, right. Including for the, I mean, Heather Locklear jumped to Spin City for the second half of that series run after Melrose. She's on the Michael J. Fox's last season, and then she stays on the show the two years that Charlie Sheen comes in. So she's essentially like the lead on that show. Right. She also is essentially the one who kicks Connie Britton off the show because they had Heather Locke there then. Um, why, 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 why have Connie Britton when you have Heather Locke there, right? I think that was pretty much how it worked. Um, but she never really was able to follow that up with another success. And that was before even there seemed to be some major personal issues uh, affecting her. But, um, you know, people always say, well, Melrose was going to be canceled until they brought Heather Locklear in and she saved the show. But I I always maintain that the show saved her as much as anything because she wasn't carrying anything. No, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it's I think it's just really interesting how her because what was she was on tj hooker right like that was and her... and the real dynasty and the real dynasty because yeah. what and what came first was it dynasty or tj hooker i think dynasty came first but i think she was on them at the same time that's what i thought because i mean i was really young and so like i i didn't watch dynasty i was um i've never watched I guess I've seen a few reruns of Dynasty later on, but I didn't, I didn't watch it in the, the moment, and, and I've never seen an episode of T.J. Hooker. But I did watch T.J. Hooker. Like, I was old enough to watch T.J. Hooker, and I kind of remember her always getting some sort of special billing, and it was like... Oh. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, like, I remember, I distinctly remember, because, like, how would I even know who Heather Locklear was when she came to Melrose Place, right? Because those were her, the things that she was known for. And like I said, I was too young to watch Dynasty. So I didn't know that she was like known from Dynasty, yeah. but I do remember her from TJ Hooker. And I remember the name because I remember she kept getting this sort of special billing that was oh, sort of like, and, um, and, and introducing or it was like this very it was very special specific billing for her and i just and i just now that i'm sort of like thinking back to it and and knowing that she was always special guest star heather locklear like her people were really smart they were really good in the way that they had that made made sure that her credits were like they like because her credits consistently stood out now i don't know if she was able to negotiate that for dynasty um you know, because probably not. I yeah. doubt that. I doubt yeah. that because that would have been like the Joan Collins thing. Yeah, like because you have there. Joan Collins, yeah. you have Linda Evans, like you have a bunch of divas on that. Yeah. You know, and she was, and who is it? Catherine Oxenberg. Like, like there were a lot of. For somebody who doesn't know, who like didn't watch an episode, I sure know a fuck lot about well, it. <laughs> this is what happens when things are steeped in the culture. Um, you know, but but I but like I said, like T.J. Hooker, she had this sort of like unique billing that made you like kind of pay attention oh interesting yeah maybe at some point if i ever find it i'll watch an episode uh Alyssa listens to a a movies podcast and one of the quartet of men who is on that also has a separate tj hooker podcast which i'm like really you do a tj hooker podcast but who listens to that Uh, yeah that's a very good question 
well, I mean, apart from like now me, but like, <laughs> I remember liking TJ Hooker when I watched it. Um, but I, yeah, who? Because that's like my grand. Like I watched that at my grandparents. That's how I knew TJ Hooker. I would watch that, and my my grandparents watched that. You know, and they were streaming old when somewhere. I was young. Then there's a whole younger generation that is discovering it, and like it is new, and listening to the podcast and thinking that it is probably like full of the sharpest observations of all time. Uh, <laughs> They've discovered TJ Hooker. <laughs> but that's how it happens, you know? Uh, like, people discover it long after everyone else has already known what it is and accepted it. And, then, and they're like, oh, no, this is uh, urgent because of me finding it. Um, but, yeah, the thing is, I don't think I saw Heather Locklear ever in an episode of Dynasty, ever in an episode of TJ Hooker. Um, but I always knew who she was before melrose place i know like wild right yeah but that's that's pop culture that is pop culture yeah yeah but i think that she had some very savvy people behind that yeah. career yeah like very savvy and she was all you know like always written about in magazines always in tabloids stuff like that right but yeah that's her team that's her team's doing right because i kind of like put her on that sort of like same like like obviously she was younger but like that sort of farrah fawcett that kind yeah of like same same kind of iconic yeah. like tv beauty type thing yeah, yeah where you know so. she's on the posters that you're buying at spencer's she's like yeah and know, it's really about more than just the show she's been on right exactly yeah. exactly like that's kind of like what i remember of her career and like that sort of stands out to me and like like this sort of like yeah 80s yeah. you know it, it, because tj hooker was like in the early to mid 80s right yeah uh, like 83 to 87 88 is probably something like it's how it ran 82 wow oh my god adrian zamed was in that William Shatner. Yeah, he's the other one I knew. I knew it was Shatner, her, and Adrian's Med. If there was anyone else on it as a regular, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was 82 to 86. Oh, okay. And um, That's early. Yeah. It is early. It's very early. So this is, like, really wild. Oh, God, I had such a crush on Adrian's Med. Whatever happened I wonder to what him? he's up to. Well, let's find out. IMDb. Um, I mean, I'm like, oh my god, I hope he's not dead. Number, I would remember, I would have heard. Yeah, but he I'm was like, Sharknado doing... Four. Oh, that's exactly where he would have gone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, in 2008, um, no, 2008, 2018, Mickey Mouse mixed up adventures. So I guess he's been voice acting right. actoring too. And stuff like that so i mean he's been working just not a lot but i guess he's done enough tv stuff right where he's probably getting residuals i hope so my guess is yes i don't know what those really amount to but yeah oh he was on love boat but he probably had like a guest spot right <gasps> he did but you know the love boat you know how i love that Show. I know. I just made a reference to the love, but we were watching some other TV show. Do you remember what it was, Alyssa? Well, we were watching something recently, and I, I was like, it's like the love boat at this point. <laughs> oh, I think I was comparing the White Lotus to the love boat now, just because they're going to anthologize it. Then eventually just everyone in the world will have been. At it the, will have been on. The, yeah. yeah. There's um, only one love boat. But anyway. Yeah, well... 
Any other final thoughts then as we close out our discussion of all things Melrose? Um, I don't think so. I mean, just to say hats off for Thomas Calabro. He was in season one, episode one, and he was there until the bitter, bitter end. And he was I don't the think only there was left. an episode he wasn't in, right? I don't think so either. And he was the only one. Um, and he directed a, a handful too, I believe. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I think he would have to uh, <laughs> at that point. Uh, what did what, what did he go on to do? As far as I know, very, very little. I saw him guest on one episode of Nip Tuck. I know he did a TV movie called Best Actress for E! Back when E! did some original content. And that's it. It's like 20 years of n- nothing. Well, okay. So I've pulled up IMDb for his um, IMDb because I am curious. And... I'm sure there are titles. I'm sure you're going to read titles to me. But are they things that anyone has seen or heard of? Well, a, t- a, t- a TV series called The Last Ship and a TV series called oh. The Bay. What was The Last oh. Ship? What was that? Um, the last... Sh- oh, first of all, now I know what the bay is. The last ship, I want to say, was Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy and Euphoria was on that. Yep, yep, yep. His name is here. Yep. Um, And that was TNT. I okay, that was a one TNT of those. thing. Okay. Um, the bay, I think, is a daytime thing. Uh, or, like, it's a web series, but it's considered daytime programming because um, it gets nominated for a lot of uh, daytime Emmys and it has a lot of like 80s, 90s daytime soap alums okay. have gone on to write, produce, star in it. Um, there was also some scandal, I believe, that had to do with him and like being a whistleblower for something for like um, in an improperly nominated guest actress or something like that. So that had something to do with the bay i forgot thomas collaro's name did surface in the last few years but i probably repressed it because it wasn't about anything really good (laughs) yeah i mean i can't say that he's like you know i mean grant show has had probably a better recent career than yeah whereas say andrew shu made a uh an actual concerted effort to remove himself from showbiz and go into like the world of nonprofit philanthropy. That's been his thing. He was never truly an actor. He really got a taste of it. Everyone made fun of him for not being good. And he basically acknowledged he didn't try that hard. And then he left. He didn't try and sell anyone a bag of goods. Right. But he also made a pile of money. Oh, I would hope. Well, first of all, they come from money, him and, you know, Elizabeth oh, and all of them. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure their, their dad was like a New Jersey state senator or something. Oh. Uh, I think they were always like well off and connected. Remember, he went to Dartmouth undergrad. That's where he was a soccer star. But yeah, presumably six years of a Fox TV show, you make some good money. Right. No, he moved on. He he started, um, he co founded Cafe Mom. That's what it was. Oh, okay. I knew he did something where he made a pile of money on the internet. Gotcha. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Not necessarily that like his parents had money, although I'm sure they are. Like I like he actually left and like at the the right time companies. was smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. I want to point out it's possible to be a smart person and a bad actor. Oh, completely. I mean he went yeah. to Dartmouth. He's not yeah. an idiot, you know. So one would hope. Um <laughs> mm, Yeah, maybe the jury is out. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he just like got out, but he went and, um, he, he got out, but he did go on and do like fancy things with his career. Um, yeah. 
and I, you know, Daphne Zuniga, again, like she was in some big deal and high profile 80s movies, but I really think Melrose helped her. She came in as a favor when Sandy left because I think she and Darren Starr were roommates at UCLA. But she was on the show for four years in a lot of pivotal storylines and didn't do a ton of high profile stuff later. So I think Melrose helped her as well. I would agree with that. Um, Yeah. And she never, but yeah, she never really took off even after Melrose, right? No, I don't know if it was a case of, well, then she was sort of typecast. Maybe she rejected the offers she was getting and then there weren't offers, whether it was film or TV. Um, I know she did things, but, but never the, never the big thing. Right. 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 Well, Melrose, it's been a, it's been a time. And again, those last couple of seasons, six and seven, really aren't great. Um, But now that we are removed from them and we'll never watch any of those episodes again, I can again look back very fondly on the show because it was fun and because it pushed boundaries and because it just created a place for itself that no other show had done prior to it. And now that TV is in this separate world uh, where uh, where, like anything goes and everything can find a bigger audience and kind of get raves, I think it would have been received even more warmly than Mm -hmm. it was then i mean do you think do you think they should like do you think that the reboot was wise uh well no i don't think it was good not that it was wasn't good but do i think i did anything no i um i mean maybe on paper if they if they could have if they could have rebooted it years later when it was more attractive for original actors to return to the thing, then it's a good idea. But at that point, when the whole idea was frowned upon and was not successful, no. Because unless you were going to come back and you can have, say, Heather Locklear and Thomas Calabro and Grand Show and Josie Bissett or whatever, like you'd need three or four um, to really come back full time. It's not worth it. Right. And the 902 and no one worked because you had Shannon Doherty and uh, Jenny Garth full time. And, and do you think it would have been better to maybe like not have it on, like put it on streaming, right? Like kind of like what they did with the Gilmore Girls where they did the sort of the seasons yeah. and they did those sort of four movie length episodes. Not like that, but the idea of like taking something that was broadcast and then putting it on streaming because you can you can do a lot more. Your parameter, like you're not sort of like trapped by certain like morality guidelines right yeah although i think that was part of the fun with melrose that it was so pg-13 right right that they were trying um, to be they, sexy but which, they couldn't which, be sexy yeah, right? yeah. They could, you know you could be sexy but you couldn't be actively sexual like right yeah, yeah right um and that's one of the things that you know all of these other shows like okay so you have uh all of these characters sleeping around and and suddenly you have a bunch of gay characters on shows like scandal and how to get away with murder and whatever but there's no you know like there's nothing really sharp about it you know it just becomes closer to soft core like it's not really but it's there's since there's no boundaries it's really like who cares i always say what would seinfeld have been 
if it existed 25 or 30 years later. If you never had to have an episode like The Contest, where you found a way to be euphemistic about masturbation and could actually just say it, like, then there's no show. There's, there's no, no charm show. to the show. Right. Um, and, and so I do think, though, the, to get back to the first part of your question, if the timing was a little bit later, if like in 2017, 18, 19, a bunch of the actors that reunited um, for that um, stars in the house thing. Right. Said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a reunion, a season long reunion or a couple of TV movie length reunion episodes or something. It would have been a totally different ball game. Right. Cause, cause it's, and I think we see this once they started replacing the originals in those last couple of seasons, it really isn't about the storylines. It was about those characters' relationships. There was really something special going on. The marriage between performer and, and character, I think, um, for a, a lot of those actors called upon to do some of those ridiculous things. And also some of those really, um, what's the word, promiscuous things. Because mm. <laughs> it was kind of still a first it was i mean i think that in all of our hate watching that's been happening for the past like i don't know two years right we yeah, have to less... we, we gotta remember how groundbreaking the series was yeah and every like it's hard to remember that because yeah. we want everything to just move forward and further and further but um but yeah, like but it was doing failed. things that simply hadn't been done. But then they failed. I think that's the thing. Like they were breaking ground and then they, and then they stopped. failed and then they yeah. stopped, right? Yeah. Like we got rid of the one gay character mm-hmm. and we, and they also never let him fall in love. They never, you know, it was always the tragic yeah. gay character. Yeah. And, you know, it was always like the AIDS scare and the, you know, it was that sort of like, if you're gay, it's you are met with nothing but tragedy. Right. And and what happened? They kill him off. They take they yeah, move. He was a man with tragedy. Yeah. And he was tragic. It was tragic. Then they and then they, they, they took him off the show. They moved him to San Francisco and then they and then they killed him off. They brought him back to LA and it was LA it was returning to LA that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they killed him off. So like, you know so so and then of course like the di- the diversity was just yeah. non existent. I mean, you know, as soon as Rhonda left. Rhonda left. We had and, what? Though we had Alicia Barnett as like our one performer of oh, color and who Jasmine, comes in. And Jasmine oh, Jasmine Guy, Guy right? for her yeah. two minutes. Yeah, yeah, for like a hot, hot second. So, you know, and and they were never, they weren't part of the cast, right? They were always like the ones that showed up for a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. And and so you know, Rhonda was part of the cast, and then they just were like, yeah, no, this isn't working. And I think that that really sucked yeah it it does there's no argument there they weren't alone at that time but it does suck yeah and it definitely did not reflect like what los angeles looked looked like like at the time you know like i listened to a podcast i mean it's not even really melrose adjacent but um Mad About You was on for the same exact seven years as oh Melrose Place. Oh my God, Place, was it? I love 92 to 99. And I was listening to Helen Hunt's uh, Mark Maron interview like a year and a half ago. Um, and she acknowledges that they were all just asleep at the wheel. You know, she's like, there was no excuse. We were coming up with storylines. We were trying to break out what a season was. She goes, and none of us were, we just, none of us were thinking about 
ways to create opportunities or tell story that that had a larger lens. She didn't use those words. Um, um, she, but she did say asleep at the wheel. And that's kind of how everyone was. It was like, yeah. well, we're focused on our thing. And this is who we see and this is who we cast. That's I, what yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, it, that's exactly what was going on back then. Like, everybody was definitely asleep at the wheel. I mean, I think that that's a really good way to put it. Um, and and also, like, shout out to um, the actor whose name I'm forgetting, the character I am forgetting who she played. Um, and she was only with us for not even the full uh, uh, Sandy, Amy Locaine. Oh, Amy Locaine in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, she was there. Our for other a hot lost minute. OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was there for that hot minute. Yeah. Oh, and who I thought you were about to mention at first, um, we have neglected in talking about the later seasons of the show. Um, Alyssa Milano did okay for herself on Melrose, and then after leaving and going straight to that other Aaron Spelling show, Charmed. Of course, um, I completely. She, guess. you know. I think Melrose was exactly what she needed it to be. Yeah. It's just it was just in the long term. Um, it helped her more than it did in the short term be seen as a legitimate adult actress. And I don't yeah. mean that like porn. I don't mean that like skin. Amount. I mean, like people got over the who's the boss, Samantha thing and and were able to fully accept her as, you know, like a 20 something mm-hmm. and then 30 something performer. And that is not an easy hurdle for a lot of no because a lot of people simply can't a lot of people simply can't yeah so i mean kudos to her and her people for kind of managing that transition as well as they did because she really did go on um you know to to you know charmed was fantastic like that was it had a long run it had a very long run and she was part of it for the whole time right yeah she she, she outlasted shannon doherty (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god so oh what a time it was indeed a very different time 25 to 30 years ago really um uh, a, a different world in so many ways indeed. but there it is six, just... six years of of um of our lives of podcasting melrose there it is well Adios, fruitcakes. That's right. Adios, fruitcakes. <laughs> so, okay, before we go, Karen, do we announce what our next um, venture is going to be? No, because I think we still need to talk about it. Okay, guys, then you're going to ah! have to stay tuned because we're going <laughs> to. We'll we have a lot back. of. I know we. I know we had a lot of details still to iron out. I wasn't sure if we wanted to do uh, a grand unveiling here or not. So just stay tuned, then, guys. Yeah, no, we'll 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 come back. And... We're the call. We're the call from Tracy Lords. We're gonna come back. Yeah, we're gonna come back, and, we and we'll let you know what we're up to. But in the meantime, are we going to Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah, we're gonna move on over. So um, Hollywood Boulevard will continue. You'll have to find it using the next show's platform, which we'll figure out. Um, let us uh, stay tuned. We'll let you know. Do keep following us on back on the block pod on facebook for some of those details please um because we want to make sure that you're able to to get our new feed and know how to find us um and as always feel free to follow us on our our socials i'm on twitter for now not sure if i'm going to want to stay there as long 
given what Mr. Musk is going to turn it into. Um, but if you follow me on uh, on Twitter and then on Instagram and on Facebook, you will see me posting for our next venture. Um, so you can find us that way as well. Okay. All right. But you know what? Follow us right now to Hollywood Boulevard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood Boulevard will continue. So follow us over now. Guys, it's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for all the support and for the listening. And with that, I say bye. Adios, fruitcakes. <laughs>